So we are here with the most shredded man in MMA, <laughs> Mr. Aiden Lee himself. How are we doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you, mate. How about you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good, man. All good. So, talk to us. 25 years now, all your wisdom. How's training going in lockdown? Um, to be honest with you, it's going well. Uh, you know, um, at at first, I was uh, I was still, I thought I was still fighting. So, obviously, I had an idea that it might it might get cancelled, but I was I was keeping keeping up the graft, obviously. Cause I thought I had a fight coming, but um, since then I've just kind of carried it through. I've uh, I've just adjusted things, and uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm grafting to be honest, and it's going well. Well, you definitely can see it on your Instagram and everything else, all the variety of stuff you're doing as well. And one thing I wanted to really touch on is from like watching a lot of your fights. So I think the first fight I saw was you against one of my teammates, Tom Burns, in um the O2, and it was an absolute war. Yeah. And from there onwards, man, watching your fights, like I'm a fight camps and trying to butcher your style, just trying to like <laughs> copy and stuff. One thing I've noticed is you've got your sort of clean fundamentals, but you also do a couple of like you know flashy stuff as well, like your rolling leg locks and all this kind of stuff. How? Where did you get your sort of influence for your game and your kind of style? Um, what, what, what do you mean? How, how do I implement it? Yeah, so your sort of style you've sort of developed over your time of training. Where's yeah. that sort of come from? Um, to be honest, I think uh, a lot of it's just, you know, personality and that. And, and we're in the gym every day and, you know, it's just, I, I've always tended to, I, I like that stuff, you know, even, even. I was uh, obviously I had my my pro debut at, at eighteen and you know I was I was fighting amateur before then so I was a bit younger and if you watch some of my amateur fights it was a less it was a lot less fundamentals and a lot more of of, of that stuff and uh, you know it's it's probably just personality and that and if you do it in the gym you're gonna do it in the fight at the end of the day so well, we're training every day and uh, I, I go for that stuff so <laughs> you got a lot of fun with it man this is it as well you're doing it all the time you might as well enjoy it and now touching exactly. on the amateur days there's a thing you put on your instagram a while ago i saw it on youtube ages ago it was um you got some of the like a front rear naked choke almost and you yeah. just dropped like a lead balloon man how does that feel like amateur as well yeah man i remember that like i, I posted that up obviously uh it was I was always I was young at the time but it was pretty it was pretty poor grappling man. I finished I finished the choke but obviously I was I was bugging at the time. You know, um I was uh I was younger at the time as well, you know, but I was I was just, I was just bugging and you know, I thought I thought I was king of the world, man. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I found quite interesting is you only had about five or six amateurs before going to pro. How come you made that jump well so soon in the sense of you usually expect about ten, fifteen fights as a sort of minimum? Yeah, to be honest, at, at that time, like um, if you if you look at MMA now, it's it's evolved. It's always it's always evolving a lot. But when when I was amateur, we had no we had no IMF, and you know there was there wasn't really a a massive a massive route. It was kind of the standard then, and uh, it was it was harder to get fights as well. Man, I remember it was I was struggling to get matched. I think, I think you know no money to fight a kid who was good. You know, like um, everything to like, lose. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. So. We turned pro, got got off the fight in Bama, and yeah, man, never looked back. This Bama has always been quite known for like sort of quality of fights and the rest of it, and you see a lot of the UFC guys now and the sort of bigger name guys have had like Bama history and everything else. Now, one thing I found really interesting is your sort of journey through Cage Warriors and taking on some really tough guys like in Common Day and a few other sort of people like that. How did you 
I don't know, how do you plan for that kind of war? <laughs> Those kind of like durable um, people who aren't going to go anywhere. In, in terms of fire preparation? Yeah, like camp-wise. Um, to, to be honest, like, I've, I've, obviously through, through experience and through fights, I've, I've changed a lot of how I train. Like, um, we'll say when I'm prepping, prepping for fights now, it's completely different. Like, earlier in my career, I've always, I've always had the mindset of, you know, I'll fight anybody. So, you know, I was I was taking those fights early in my career, and you know I'm I'm glad I did because I I learned lessons from those fights. But um, in terms of preparation, I to be completely honest, man, I probably wasn't prepping. Oh well, I I fact definitely I, I wasn't prepping anywhere near as as good as I would be now for those fights back then. One thing to touch on as well is in your earlier fights, you even fought at bantamweight and. Featherweight as well. I mean, being the sort of taller frame as well. How did you find this kind of weight cuts? Um, to be honest with you, I was I was just younger man. I was smaller. So <laughs> when I fought at Bantam, I was I was probably I must have been when last time I made Bantam, I must have been about seventeen. So um, <laughs> maybe sixteen, and I was I was probably walking around not much above the weight. Yeah. What's your diet like at the minute? Like, obviously, lockdown's got a bit of an exception, but you know, just in general. <laughs> well, uh, I was I was training for a fight, so my diet was very clean. Obviously, the past the past couple of weeks, I've uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed myself a little bit, you know. But um, I'm always grafting, man. I'm in shape, and I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't get silly with it, you know. I'm always uh, I'm always I'm always eating good every day. But if I if I have the odd bad meal or you know. It's all right because I'm always grafted. Oh, so you got to live your life as well, man. You got to enjoy yourself. Exactly, man. So, one thing I wanted to sort of touch on as well is the Dean Truman fight. If you don't mind me bringing that up, because you know, that quite a significant yeah, yeah. moment. How? What was going through your mind at that time? Because remember the first round of that fight, you were at his back. You looked really dominant. And then I'm not sure what happened after that. Really, what was? How was that cutting everything for you? To be honest, man. Um, like. The uh, the treatment fight, I was the the cut the cut wasn't the cut wasn't bad. It was every everything everything was all right to be honest. Even even my prep, um, I felt a little bit burnt out come come fight day, you know, with the because it was a tournament ago. I fought a few weeks before that, and, and uh, but um, in terms of in terms of prep, that wasn't it wasn't bad really. Um, I made adjustments after that fight, obviously, because but. I I uh slow down in the fight, so obviously I had to make adjustments and uh yeah man, to, to be honest at the time in terms of prep, I was I was I was doing everything I needed to do. I just think I was a little bit burnt out. Well that's a sort of tricky thing when it comes to not just training for a fight in general, but also the building of the stage, the building of the the status of it, that you have to then put on that extra bit, extra bit more and so on and so forth. And you know, to push yourself so far, I think it's that trade off of putting in more graft and also recovering properly yeah no, obviously we're, we're always training hard and i think every fighter should be should be treating their next fight as, as the biggest fight and, and that's how that's how i am with my fights anyway but obviously it was it was my first world title fight so even though i was already grafting that I, I thought yo it's my you know i wanted to wanted to put that extra in but really you know when you when you when you're working very hard anyway you know the, the there is no extra to put in, and I think, you know, I just, uh, I just burnt myself out, man, literally. And, yeah. 
it happens. It's one of those things as well. So talk us through like the thoughts in the change rooms, like fight day in general, when it comes to that kind of big event. So the biggest fight of your career so far. How did you feel on the day? How did you feel walking in and everything? Because you look composed, and at least on the on face value. I felt I felt good, man. Just uh, focused on the job, to be honest, man. Um, it's hard, like you know, to to think back now, because obviously, you know, when you think when I think about fighting, I'll always think about my last fight. Like naturally, that mm. that's that's gonna be the freshest fight in my mind, and I've had two two fights since then. And to be honest, I felt like the the Saul Rogers fight was a bigger fight anyway for for me career wise, um, and then my last fight, but um. You know, just uh, when 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 you've got the event, just just focused on the job. To be honest, man. One hundred percent. So, Bellator, talk us through that a little bit, because it seems like you've found your new home there. Because obviously, fighting Saul Rogers and then getting your last win. I don't want to butcher the poor man's name, but <laughs> there was a Damien yeah. Frank Frankowitz Frankowitz. Frank Frankie Witz, Frankie Witz. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah, talk us through like that kind of processing because obviously you got teammate Jai Herbert going to the UFC. Did that not sort of cross your mind as a preference, or was it Bellator was the preference? It was just the timing, you know. Um, at at the time, uh, you know, I think uh, me and Jai both fought on the the Cardiff card, and um, then uh, that's that's when I won about. Uh, he he got the title fight then, so you know we had. It's not like we just had someone sign into the UFC, but to be honest, I got I got offered the the Bellator contract, and uh, at first I said I said no, but then they guaranteed me the fight with Saul Rogers in Birmingham, and obviously to fight in Birmingham, my hometown, and and against that that being offered the name at that time, that was the biggest fight of my career. Um, you know, he's he was a big name from the Omaha fighter and. I was I was buzzing and it, it, you know through my career anyway you know I I, I jumped for the big fights that's what I want I don't you know I, I'm it's all good getting in there beating up some bums and that but you know it, it looks all right on video but realistically in terms of progression and your career and where you want to go in the long term it ain't gonna ain't gonna help you that much so I, I jump at the big fights man and it was just the opportunity. Well, it's good that you've got that kind of integrity in yourself to know that you don't want journeymen, you want actual big names, you want challenges, you want people to really test yourself against. Now, stepping into the cage against Saul Rogers, someone you've said that you've respected and sort of see as, you know, a big name, how did you feel going in there with someone of that status? Did you give him extra caution with certain things? Were you just natural? How did you feel on the day and everything? To be honest, I think I just, uh, I was, I was excited. For the for the for the fight really and that's that's why I like the big fights you know it, it excites me I don't I don't like going in there just just thinking oh, I'm just I've, I've just got a, I, I don't know it, it's, it's something about having a big name and that excites me but um I felt I felt good with the whole fight I didn't really I don't think it really uh made me nervous it just made me more more focused and more hungry well, that's always good to see as well you always seem come across like quite composed and you know like you. Like, but you get people who show up and sort of go through the motions, whereas you've got that sort of persona as you belong there. Like, you know, you you want to be there, and that's you can yeah. definitely tell like your performances and everything else. So, outside of MMA, do you do any like specific competitions or training, like jujitsu or boxing? So you do a lot. I see a lot on your Instagram of your boxing, your solo sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. To be honest, uh, over the years, because because I've I've been doing it like I've been doing it a long time now since I was like. I've I've been 
in martial arts and actually so I was about 12 or maybe younger so probably about 10 years and I find that you just you go through phases of what you're enjoying more and that and you know what you what you just what you're doing more and you know, you know earlier in my career it was all I was I was known as more of a striker and I was just you know a lot of takedown defense and at the time I was competing I was doing a lot of like amateur Thai boxing fights when I was fighting amateur MMA and you know, just a little 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 amateur events in between the fights and then uh when I went pro I started focusing on my jits more and then you know I was doing a lot of competing in the jits for for a couple of years while I was on cage warriors and you know now I'm now I'm you see me doing more boxing but I'm I'm always working on I'm, I'm always working everything but you know sometimes you'll focus on one thing a little bit more well definitely and it's good that you've got that variety as well because again people can stick to what they know and and that's all they want to know what's all they want to get better at whereas you're keeping that open mind to keep on developing other areas and everything else so in your training in general obviously now having extra sorry quite a wealth of experience so far how much sparring would you say you do in a fighter camp like intensity wise are you sparring hard quite a lot are you just sort of touch sparring quite a bit what's your sort of preference in a fight camp it, it varies man like um personally like generally generally I, i'll always you know we'll always have a, a a solid mma spar every week you know then you'll have your technical ones too you know um we i don't think we don't think it's very smart to you know sparring mma gloves hard so we'll do our hardest sparring in the big gloves we'll do our more technical sparring in the little gloves um but like i say it's just ticking all the boxes it never it never works out like that, you know. My last fight I broke my hands training for the fight, so I had no sparring in, in so you know, it was uh, it was just lots of technical work and drilling. How but, did you um, break your hand then? How how did that happen? I broke my hand about nine weeks out sparring. <laughs> yeah. It was technical sparring in the little gloves and uh, it wasn't even a big shot. Um I thrown like a left hand over the top foot. Obviously, because it's technical, I was I was I was almost too relaxed with my hand, and then um, as I've hit him, my hand just I've I've caught him with the side of my hand, and it it broke, man. Swelled up, got it X-rayed, was broken. So, at yeah, what was... point do you decide? Okay, I'm gonna continue a whole camp with one hand, and then fight with one hand. <laughs> you know what? I think at first I was in denial that it was broken. Um, obviously, I left it for a, left it for a day, and then. You know, we were just saying, oh, yeah, if it, if it goes down, you know. Then uh, I told I told my teammates, obviously, my hand is broken. I told my coaches. And then uh, we just, just, uh, was, was probably more down to me, you know, because generally you, 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 you get advised if you break your hand, you, you're not going to fight. But, um, yeah, man, I was, I, was, I was hungry for the fight. And I just, I felt like stylistically, you know, it was... It it was very down to the style as well, but it was it was a it was a southpaw, it was a wrestler, you know. I wasn't. It was just my left hand to me, so you know, I just I've still got another hand. I've got two elbows. I've got two legs. So yeah, man. I mean, that is a. To be fair, it's paid off really well. I mean, there's a big risk though in your pro career, but fair play to you for yeah. getting stuck in with that. I mean, you've got to put yourself out there. So. You just have to train to. Carry on. Like if you watch the fight, you can, you can, you can see as well that I'm, I'm the way I'm fighting. I don't, I don't need my left hand. The, the what I was doing in there, and 
that's that's why I fought that style in that fight. You know, you have to fight fight specifically to to what what you're doing and what your tools are. How specific are your fight camps as such? So, are you planning? Like, say if someone's more wrestling-based, do you do more wrestling-based defense stuff? Do you just carry on as normal? What's your sort of preference for the camp? Um, to be honest, that's, as I said earlier, like, our, 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 my training's changed a lot over the years. That's that's something that I would have, I've talked from my teammates a lot. And uh, I never really used to be very specific with my with my training. But um, seeing, seeing my teammates do the same thing and, you know, tra- just training smart for the fights and, and having success, it shows, man. So uh, I'm definitely uh, I do I do a lot more specifics now, and I'll be a lot smarter with the fights. To be honest, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I didn't even really used to watch footage of my opponents until very recently in my career. Like, um, yeah, man. So I, I've I've changed a lot really in my approach to preparation for the fights. I was always grafting, but I just I didn't need I didn't feel like I needed to be looking at them, and you know. I mean, if you're getting results as well, I mean, you kind of confirm it with yourself. That if it's not broken, don't fix it almost. Yeah. But it's good that you're still changing your mind with everything else and still developing with it. Yeah, man. That, that's, that's, why, uh, that's why the owls are good, though. You know, you take the owls in the fights and you learn from them. I mean, that's a huge sign of people who can do go further in the sport because when it comes to these sort of significant losses, they can go one way or the other. Whereas if you've taken your lessons from that and changing your camp around... I mean, you're just going to go from strength to strength with that kind of thing as well. Now, quick yeah. question in regards of just, as you and other big names as Renegade sort of build up, how do you find sparring in the gym? So say people, new people come in, how what's the sort of atmosphere with that? Because obviously you get the X on your back of being a bigger name. They want to have that underlying thing of, oh, I've submitted him or I knocked him out or whatever else. How do you find nah. that situation? To be honest, we don't really get that at Renegades. We'll have a lot of guys coming in, but you know, um, there's like a there's just a, a no bullshit vibe in the room, and then you know, there's everyone's on a level. And if someone was to come to Renegade and you know come with an ego, they're, they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be leaving the door as soon as they come through it. You know, they, um, it, it just it just don't, it don't really happen at Renegades. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. Got a kind guys, of atmosphere. Sorry, Karen, mate. Uh, a bit of a delay. Go on. Yeah, but you see, you see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of like high level fighting at our gym, but you'll never see us, you know, you'll never see any like, any bullshit happening in the gym. It's all, uh, it's all respectful and, you know, there's no, there's no egos in the door. Well, that's what you want to hear as well. And um, one of my friends was on the previous podcast, Brad Owen. First of all, he says hi, and second of all, he was saying um, yeah. <laughs> that he. But sparring with like the pro guys like yourself as well, everyone's really respectful, and that was always really reassuring to hear. Because when you go to certain places or spar with certain people, they can almost want to put it on you a bit extra to try and make a point, or you know, there's a bit of a, a bit of an ego, or just a bit of a I don't know, chip on their shoulder kind of thing. But to hear that, that you know, UFC, Bellator fighters are still being respectful and not because if you get absolutely destroyed in sparring, you know what does to your confidence. You must have had those hard spars where like you know. <laughs> You sit there thinking, oh, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> you know, like, there's, there's a time and a place, you know, and, and when you're for, for that hard sparring and, you know, there's like I said, there's no ego, so you're not going to get, you ain't going to get friggin' Yannick, Yannick Bahati, light heavyweight, trying to kick my head off really hard, you know, he's, he's going to be sparring technical and the same if I'm, if I'm sparring with flyweights, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be blasting them, it's going to be technical or we're sparring with the amateur guys, you know, it's, um, 
there's just there's a time and a place for the hard sparring and you know also we we have coaches so if if someone's prepping for a fight and they need hard rounds they're not going to be sparring like a a lighter amateur guy or you know they're going to be sparring a good level pro who's who's gonna who's gonna give them what they need for the fight. So through your last couple of fights, what would you say is the biggest like lesson you've had? So obviously you said after the Truman fight, you reassessed your camp, like how hard you're going, how much you're going to burn out. What other things have you learned from your previous fights that you've taken? Um, a lot, to be honest, man. Like even even from from the wins as well. Um, every every fight, I take I take a lot out. Um, I felt like with the with the Saul Rogers fight, I was just. Uh, I was almost too excitable, and I was just trying to take his head off, you know. Um, and that was that was like I say, you do what you do in the gym, in the fight, and in training for that fight, I was uh, I was doing a lot of boxing sparring, like hard boxing sparring, and it was it was good because I felt very sharp in the fight. But I was I was looking for you know big shots too much, and that's that's why I was getting double legs. Um, whereas if I fought him with the kind of style that I fought my last fight, he wouldn't have even been near my legs. But then in the last fight, I was uh, I wasn't really happy with you know how I didn't put my foot on the gas a little bit more and put it on him. So I, I thought I let him let him off a few too many times. But um, you know I still finished him in the third round. But I felt like I could have definitely uh, you know punished him a little bit more for, for little mistakes in there. But that's part of it as well, having that honesty with yourself. That when you get a win, you don't leave it at that. You sort of take that kind of twist on it okay i'm not satisfied i'm happy with my performance yeah. but i'm not satisfied there's more things i could change more things i can develop um just another sort of side of things so i've seen you do quite a bit of cornering for the younger fighters and other amateurs how do you find that experience how are you in the corner um all right man like we're all uh like i say we've got a, we've got a good team man and we're all we're all around each other every day and some some of these amateur guys they they're working like the pros they're they're in the gym every single day grafting in the mornings as well you know um so you 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 just you know you you get you get training with people and then uh it's it's all good though to be honest man um if I'm if I'm not fighting it's a good good good, good it's good for them you know I'm helping them out and it's it's good for me sometimes you know you go through the uh you go through the adrenaline a little bit and you know sometimes you'll see you'll see things in amateur fights and you. You come back to the gym and you're like, oh, we need to work on this. So it's it's good, man. What's your preference in the corner before your fight? So you, do you prefer like a laughing, joking about? Do you prefer just you know, stone cold silence? What's your preference? Uh, oh, I have to think about that one. You know, um, to be honest, I don't really, I don't really think about it. I just, uh, I don't like it too serious. You know, just because. It's serious anyway. You're gonna get in the cage, and but um, I think I just I kind of get in my own zone through, as the day goes on. You know, I probably wake up, it's in the back of my mind, and then as it gets closer to the fight, I'm just switching on. So here's the biggest question, most controversial question of the podcast. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Post fight food. What are you saying? What is your go-to cheat meal? Oh, you know what varies and it never happens how you want it to happen because you always end up being at some awkward location where there's there's no good food places but um um probably be a probably a pizza or not you know like I, I crave carbs man like a lot when um obviously fighting and just through all that through the through the whole experience i just i crave carbs 
What's well, your um, pizza looking like? What's your toppings? What's your base? Come on, this is professional ooh. athlete, professional pizza. Go on, what's going down? Probably going to have to go barbecue base. Go ooh. for us. Um, yeah, man, meat, meat. I like my meat, so it's pure meat, no veg. August, barbecue base. What are you saying on garlic and herb dip, though? Is that is that a bit of you? Yeah. Nah, garlic pepper and bit good. That's good, man. I I get the the big one, Domino's. <laughs> That's it. He you knows it's all good. I mean, this is the real thing as well because you've got to also live your life. You've got to enjoy your food. You've got to make sure you're doing it right as well. You can't be um, you know, restricting yourself too much. In your like diet throughout like most training and camps and stuff, do you follow any like specific thing? Do you have like, I don't know. Are you keto sometimes? Are you paleo? Do you follow any sort of trends like that? Nah, like um, in between in between fights, I just I I do everything myself. So um, I'll I eat I eat pretty clean. Um, and you know I'll I'll have the odd cheat meal. Uh, if I feel like I need to adjust something, or you know um, I feel like I'm getting out of shape, which is very rarely happens. Uh, you know I'll adjust my diet then, but. I just I just eat clean, man. And then uh, when I'm fighting, I have a um, nutritionist. I work with uh, animalistic nutrition on Instagram. Shout YouTube. out! And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, shout out! And uh, Jacob Kondro also good Instagram. Shout out! Uh, but yeah, they they both they both sort me out when I'm fighting, and also fight week they do all my food, get me on weight. How big are your yeah, cuts normally? So outside of camp, what do you normally walk around at? Um, prob- probably even right now, and I've been eating a bit of rubbish. Uh, I'm probably about, I'll be under seventy five definitely. I'm I'm never ten ten overweight. Uh, and then getting getting into camp, I'm, I'm usually I get to the low seventies, and then I cut from about cut from about there. To to be honest, that's pretty sensible then. Yeah, pretty um compared to a lot, compared to a lot of these featherweights, it's not big. Now, do you reckon you'd ever go down to Bantam again? <laughs> no, no way, definitely not. <laughs> um, I think in the future I'll I'll, uh, I'll probably end up going up to lightweight, just as time goes on. You know, I'm, I'm 25 now. Every year I'm a bit heavier, not not because I'm out of shape, but I'm just you know your frame grows out a little bit and I'm you know getting wider, <laughs> getting bigger. With um a lot of fights and fight camps and stuff people tend to go and compromise obviously your last fight you had um a broken hand what other injuries have you hidden before and then you know fought with that people don't know about uh, always like little things i think you never really get into a fight fresh you know you've always got little little injuries but um i've, I've had hand injuries a few times to be honest um that that was the first you know it was it was broken about nine weeks old but i've had I've had my hands break other times when I'm, no, not not in prep for the fight, but before before getting a fight, and I've had to be careful with it through camp. But uh, just just hand injuries and a few cuts. Yeah, a few cuts. That's not too bad. Then, as long as it's nothing like <laughs> over overwhelming. And how's your hand now? Like post fight, and now you got another fight. You had another fight booked. Is that all sorted now? Is it still a bit of an issue? Um, nice. Nah, well, no, you know. Uh, fine man it was um uh, it's probably better than before because uh, of the rehabbing and stuff I, I i keep it all up so i'm still doing that every day strengthening both hands and you know shouldn't be a problem 
Um, just a final one from me. Regards of um, like strength training and stuff, because you work with um, Crusader Strength as well. What other sort of strength things do you do on top of that? Because I see quite a lot of um, you do your own sort of fitness things on top of Jake's stuff. How how many day, times a week are you doing these kind of um, strength sessions and the fitness sessions? So, I'll I'll work with Jake. You know, um, in in camp. I think it varies, but in, I think uh, for my last fight we were working. I think we were doing about three a week, three sessions a week. Um, I'll also go to uh, Johnny Velocity. You know, um, very he, he does my conditioning, so gets me gets me fit for the fight. And then uh, obviously. It's, me doing my own stuff um that's that's more like core work I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll try to hit some core work every day you know just at the end of the day after training or whatever at the moment because we're not at the gym I'm, I'm i'm blasting i'm doing a lot of it but uh normally it's just i'll hit it at the end of the day well, that's good to hear mate thank you for coming on is there any thought you want to shout out any sponsors you want to shout out before we um call it a day um shout out to team renegade all the coaches all my teammates um and yeah man all my sponsors Perfect. Thank you for coming on today, mate. And Thank um, you, bro. Where, where can people find you? Uh, uh, Instagram, Aiden Lee MMA. Twitter, Aiden Lee MMA. Uh, Facebook, type in Aiden Lee MMA. It will come up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nice and easy. Cool. Cheers, mate.